My name is Dan Scully. And uh, we are the hosts of I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast where we talk about movie movies. Movies! Yeah, what, uh, <laughs> we, you know what we haven't done in a while? I actually explained what a movie movie is. I think we do that every episode, and we start by going, you know what we haven't done in a while? <laughs> so let's just do it again. Okay, great. Let's do it again. Uh, so uh, why don't you take it away? Okay, I, w- I will do it. A movie movie is a movie that utilizes every ounce of what is at its disposal being of the medium of film. Yeah. So it uses every tool that it has to create an entertainment experience that takes advantage of the sensory overload that is film. Yes. You know, they use every piece of the puzzle. They're not lazy. And uh, I feel like a movie movie could most loosely be defined as a movie that's clearly made by someone who loves movies. Indeed. Uh, and we are joined by two, two guests today, uh, local comedian Brian Fennell and local roommate uh, Eddie Fenn. Oh, I like how I don't get the comedian <laughs> tag. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that's, it, that's Eddie Finn's voice you just heard. Brian, say hello. Um, I, do you guys do that spiel every time? Uh... Yeah, kind of. Many times. Many times. Many yeah. times. Yeah. Is it scripted just like that? Help no, 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 no. <laughs> we it, it gets flubbed every time. There's oh, no yeah, professionalism. Yeah, yeah. It's all about nice. just saying shit. Yeah. Uh, saying shit. Yeah. There's real no concrete definition of what that is. So it just sort of gets. Uh, You've hacked the secret of the show. Yeah. The secret of the show uh-huh. is that we've figured out that you can pretty much describe any movie as a movie movie. So really, it's just a show about movies we love. Yeah. But uh, right. so we're there are some it. movies that cannot be defined as a movie movie. Yeah. And, uh, but we don't talk about them. Yeah, those <laughs> so yeah, that's every movie so that we'll you don't movie, have movie movies you hate. We might. I mean, we're gonna yeah. get through the diehards, and that fifth one is pretty rough. <laughs> <laughs> so it could be a uh, could be rough. And, and I know the the pending Man of Steel episode is gonna be uh, a battle. Ooh. Yes, the proportions are only matched by it the end of Man of Steel. Which one you're gonna see either. Oh yeah. Well, we're we're gonna. Do, that's the one movie we're divided on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure we'll find mm-hmm. more as this experiment Wait, continues. Are you a Man of Steel fan? No. You, you're the Man of Steel. I thought it was great. Really? But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. <laughs> but anywho, he's that's out. for another episode. <laughs> that's another thing that happens in every episode is we start that and then it just begins <laughs> and we we can't have that. But uh, tonight we're going to be talking tonight or today or whenever you listen to it, we're going to be talking about uh, blockbusters. Yes. Um, blockbuster movies. And um, how the blockbuster has uh, changed over time, uh, what it started as, what it is now, and what it means for the future. Yeah. And uh, the movie that we chose to illustrate uh, blockbusters was Christopher Nolan's Inception. Yes. Uh, this uh, was a movie that I saw in theaters I th- at least three times, maybe four, which is like something I, I rarely do. Uh, and it was honestly, it was mostly because of the hallway sequence. Mm-hmm. I, remem- like, I remember seeing that sequence for the first time and feeling like I was seeing Jurassic Park for the first time. Oh, yeah. Like it was like totally mesmerizing to me the first time I saw that. Uh, and so I just kept going back to the theater because I wanted to see something new that I had never seen before, like over and over again. You wanted to see it again? Yeah. For the first time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was like they incepted how cool that idea would be into my brain beforehand so that I would just like pay for a ticket like numerous times. And did you like go IMAX? I was telling you it was a good movie. <laughs> no. <But laughs> Is that what happened to you? I, I feel like I'm being incepted right now. <laughs> I went to sleep one night. I was like, fuck that movie. And then I woke up. I was like, I should see Inception seven times. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I feel refreshed. You know. Well, but Brian, this was your first time seeing it the whole way through, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, I feel like I said I feel incepted though. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, 
can't figure out Maybe what to do with that stoned. mic there. Uh, there, there we go. go. There you go. Well, actually, I, I was looking up today like what the uh, like a blockbuster. You know, we think about the tentpole films of the summer. Um, a blockbuster as it is now. Uh, well, you know, let's start at the beginning. A blockbuster. I mean, the name blockbuster comes from. It's actually the name of a bomb. Interestingly enough. Oh really? Um, if you've ever read uh, Slaughterhouse Five, the firebombing of Dresden. Um, those firebombs were called blockbusters because the whole uh, spiel of it was it can destroy a whole city block. Mm -hmm. It busts up the block. And um, so the term was adopted. Uh, uh, relative, I mean, not 100%, but it's rumored that it's because uh, the line around the block to see this movie. It's a oh. blockbuster. But I have a question for all of you guys. I want you to guess what movie is widely considered the uh, the modern blockbuster, the dawn of the modern blockbuster as we know it. Uh, Eddie. Hey, let me, wait, before, wait, let, me, let me do a, a, a thing there. Uh, the original idea for a blockbuster was based on just financial success alone. Like Gone with the Wind, that's a blockbuster. Mm -hmm. But now it's kind of switched because there are movies that have the budget for blockbusters. Like, for example, like the Roland Emmerich Godzilla. Yeah. Like, that was a blockbuster, but it was a complete failure. Yeah. You know, yeah. so the definition has changed. So the modern blockbuster, what movie is that? Uh, I don't know, Jurassic Park maybe. All right, Jurassic Park. What do you got? I don't know. They're all remakes. <laughs> yeah, no, well, like the mo <laughs> I like, mean, modern. You got to think modern uh, isn't yeah. necessarily new. Yeah, true. I don't know. I guess like, Jurassic Park does sound like a right. a big possibility. Yeah, Jaws. Jaws. It is. Yeah, oh, you really Jaws. Think? It is. Like if they it remade is. Jaws. What? Are they, are they we're not talking about remakes. We're talking about because what Jaws did. How did your brain get there? Hold on. Wait. What the fuck? Okay. Talking about the, the <laughs> I thought we were talking about the the new block, like the new thing coming out. Oh, no, which no, would, no, Because they're uh, making... He, he means, like, what was the first movie... He was asking, oh. like, what was the first movie that was, like, the dawn of the modern blockbuster? Mm. Yeah, what coined that? And it was Jaws. Yeah, I think it was... Yeah. I, I thought... Yeah. Like, why Jaws exactly? Did they... Well, the reason for Jaws is that this was a movie that wasn't really... Uh, it wasn't really intended to be a success. It was yeah. a disastrous production. They had some 25-year-old kid directing the movie. You know, the production kind of fell apart. It was this weird adaptation of a book that wasn't that good. Yeah. And then suddenly, just due to brilliant marketing, due to word of mouth, it became this huge hit for the studio. And so it set the, the precedent of, let's make our, our money movies for the summer. Yeah. Let's take the movies that we throw our budget into into the summer because that's when it's hot. And then the rest of the year we'll do that, hence the term tentpole. Mm. You know, they hold up the tent and then the rest of the year you can just kind of have whatever oh, you yeah. want and keep your studio afloat. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so Jaws was the first one that set that precedent because suddenly it was, oh, man, we don't just have a movie. We have a merchandising opportunity. Yeah. We have, you know, we can sell soundtracks. We can sell toys. We can sell lunchboxes. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Jaws kicked it off, and shortly thereafter, uh, Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yeah, okay, Star Wars that, took that and ran with it. Because I would have thought Jurassic Park, just because of, like the huge budget, all the mm. like, and the fact mm. that it's like fairly recent compared mm. to like when you said modern, I thought like last like twenty twenty five years, mm -hmm. as opposed to like going all the way back to like Jaws. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Jaws changed the template of how movies were done. Yeah, so it's in that sense. Okay, it, I it mean, changed like the studio's thinking about how they could support uh you know a schedule of films over the course of a year. They could they could make a movie that they could sort of guarantee their year on. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, it's an yeah. investment. It's an investment to it. So yeah, it's. Uh, but I, I do think Jurassic Park, in terms of like the biggest blockbuster of my day. Yeah. For me, it yeah. was Jurassic Park. Especially Definitely. because now, like with, like every blockbuster, like every summer movie is like a big like action or big like sci-fi thing. So that's why, yeah. like, my mind immediately thought, oh, Jurassic Park, that kind of yeah, fits I, in with I what. I've seen that in mm, theaters mm. on vacation. 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I grew up without having ever seen that, and then when they re- like, I saw it uh, on video on like full screen uh, VHS tape. Yeah, and it killed me because I loved that movie. Yeah. and so when they re-released it in 3D, it was super special. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, that was that was a great great day. Um, but uh, oh, so what else you got on 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 blockbusters? You got more more facts for us before we jump into the movie itself? Well, I wrote down the key phrase here is uh, the blockbuster mentality, and yeah. that's where we're at now with things like transformers and gi joe and stuff like that like those are blockbusters those are studios saying here's hundreds of millions of dollars here's the rock make a movie and fill just fucking (laughs) fill seats you know and so that's all they're doing is filling seats and the whole idea is that in order to guarantee that if we spend 500 million dollars on a movie we're going to make uh you know a billion dollars back Especially with all the marketing, is you have to guarantee to fill those seats. How do you do it? You play to the lowest common denominator. Yeah, we got to keep this yeah. man from going back to wrestling Exa- for exactly. as long as possible. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, let's let's do a movie about Transformers, and it's like, okay, well, all the dudes are there now. We need the ladies to show up. Let's put Mark Wahlberg in this one. <laughs> all right, cool. Well, they're gonna have to. I mean, the Transformers audience—they all have kids now. Well, we better put robot dinosaurs in, <laughs> and so it, it appeals to this low common denominator, and so blockbuster mentality is is generally regarded as a bad thing but in terms of you know without evil there's no good in the midst of all that we get a movie like inception Mm -hmm. that is a studio saying we have the money for this let's build a huge tentpole production with a-list stars the most insane special effects but instead of making it dumb they made it rather smart and interesting yeah they they well the thing that i thought was so cool about inception was they trusted a filmmaker to like really put their own vision on the screen like that movie is clearly like unrestrained by the studio absolutely you know what i mean uh it, it's it's pretty bleak if you think about it mm-hmm. you know there's there are not a lot of moments of like brevity uh brevity a lot of moments of levity in it mm. uh it, it's it's pretty a pretty I guess a dark movie overall. Uh, I think it looks sharp, yeah, but it's not like bombastic and, no, and no, explosive yeah. or anything like that. I just mean like in its it, uh, sort of thematically, you know, it mm. it doesn't have like <laughs> doesn't have aspirations to say anything nice about anyone. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's uh, so it's it's like a tough movie that like think about a studio putting millions and millions of dollars into like a big idea like this, where it's like a concept so unwieldy the first hour of the movie needs to be an explanation of that concept. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the big effect sequences are not even like, there's no robots in it, there's no <laughs> spaceships in it, mm-hmm. you know. They're they're more like, uh, you know, old school uh, action sequences, really, mm-hmm. uh, if you think about all of them. You know, a car chase, a fucking snow mountain chase. That, that was so, uh, that was Roger Moore Bond. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, uh, so it, it's interesting that I, it, it was, it was cool seeing a studio like, put their faith in a director like that to be like, we'll, yeah, we, we get it. We get your, we know what you're saying. We think you can make this like a huge money-making mm-hmm. thing. You know, it's funny. You know how you get your way. It seems historically, if you want to be an A-list director that gets to do whatever the fuck they want, you have to make a good Batman. That's mm-hmm. the rule. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's totally the rule. Joel Schumacher still has to bend to the studio a little bit. Cause he didn't make a good Batman. <laughs> Tim Burton can con- continue yeah. just, you know, making these awful uh, vanity projects with mm-hmm. Johnny Depp and no one's going to touch him. I wish we would have kept Michael Keaton around. You know? I know. He was great. <laughs> oh, he was so good. None of this shit. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> ah, we won't get into that. <laughs> but, um, 
No, it's uh, he. I mean, he he earned it. It's it's. I mean, if you look at his history, we have uh, all right. What's the first one? Following, mm-hmm. which is kind of like student film esque. Uh, yeah. I, I know it's not a student film, but it's an hour long. It's you know a little mm-hmm. kind of. Hey, I can make a movie. Yeah, you know, it's oh, I, I put that alongside of like Pi for Darren Aronofsky. Mm-hmm. It's just like that kind of thing. So then there was Memento, mm-hmm. and that's where he got a name because everyone's like, "Oh, this is a neat movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's narratively different." Yeah, and then he went for a remake, uh, Insomnia. Yes, and I actually don't remember that that much, and I've not seen the original, but I do remember when I saw it, I didn't like it, but I was also like fifteen. So yeah, I, I have the same memory of it that it was not great. Um, mm. I think I remember liking some of the performances in it. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that one, Brian? No. Insomnia. Uh, that's the one with uh, Al Pacino. Ah! Uh, who <laughs> yep. Who plays a cop that can't sleep in Alaska at the time of year when it's always sunny. In Alaska. Uh, in Alaska. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the other yeah. guy is Robin Williams. Yes, yes. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm murdered again. I'm murdered again. I don't have very, <laughs> the very vague memory, but I remember seeing it. Yeah, I yeah. would actually, I would like to see it again, and I'd like to watch the original to, yeah. to know. What was, have you never seen the original? Either? I've never seen the original. I think it's the original? Swedish. Oh, I'm not sure, yeah. Okay. Booty Dunk and Dump. That's the real title. <laughs> it's Dirk and Burp. The original. A hard one to sit through. And then, uh, what was next? Was the Prestige next? The prestige, prestige was next, yeah. right? Am I, am I Pretty right? sure. Yeah, I think it was. Because it was Prestige, Batman. Yep. And then we went, I guess it was Dark Knight, and then Inception. That's why I think there's something we're missing. Let's pull it up. Right. Yeah. Because uh, we didn't pull up. The following Insomnia. Yeah. Uh, I think it, no, I think it might have been... Oh shit! We have it as following, uh, what, uh, following Memento, Memento, oh, following Insomnia. No, I thought Insomnia was before Memento. I don't think so. Well, keep talking while I look it up. Yeah, you, you dead air motherfucker. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, yeah. I feel like he made another movie between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, though, and I feel like All it right, was here the it prestige. is. Check this out. It's following in yeah. 1998-2000's Memento, yeah. okay. 2002 Insomnia, yep. okay, 2005 okay. Batman Begins. That's what I thought. Yeah. 2006 Prestige, yep. eight uh, Dark Knight, 2010 is Inception, Inception. 2012 uh, Dark Knight Rises, and now he's got Interstellar and then um, Interstellar. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Interstellar. When's that What's that out? one? That is is that coming out this year? Um, I believe it's next year. I think that's going to be one of next year's blockbusters. And it's uh, Matthew McConaughey. Uh, the oh, oh, back up the truck. Is Woody Harrelson in it? Academy Award winning <laughs> Best Actor and Star of True Detective, <laughs> Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, that's what I said. And How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Yeah. Is that him? Is you that one? about Failure to Launch. Oh, and Failure, uh, failure yeah. to Launch with yeah. Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Was, uh, I don't know how Sarah I know Jessica that. Parker. I know nothing about my, sports my or that movie. DVD. Okay, like, well there you go. That's such a mom DVD. <laughs> yeah, that's such a mom DVD. I'm pretty sure like she kept losing them and then just buying new ones in two packs. Yeah, in DVD <laughs> two packs. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh look, it's got a uh, the guilt trip <laughs> and um, <laughs> <laughs> the guilt trip. We can get the guilt trip and oh look at that. Oh, uh, a league bin. of their own is packaged <laughs> with uh, ten things I hate about you. I actually like a league of their own. It's pretty I do too. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so um, why were we going over his filmography? <laughs> oh, we were just going over the the um, how how he got that pull in the studio. I right. mean, I guess after you make the Dark Knight, yeah, you're allowed to do whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. And so we got Inception. Well, and, I know, uh, I know he. W- I read an interview 
with him that like he wanted to make Inception. Like he had the idea for it back in like 2000. Yeah. 2000. Like it was mm. one of his first ideas. It's his pet project. And, but because like it required such like a big budget that like studios wanted like I he kind of had to make like he wanted to do the Batman movies from what oh, I Oh yeah yeah. But like he did those mostly to do inception yeah mm-hmm. absolutely yeah that's I was, why uh, i was telling dan the sort of the process of this movie was he wrote this script I, I don't remember the exact number but it was literally something like 10 different times and every time he wrote it as an entirely different genre of movie because he couldn't figure out he knew he wanted to tell this story of like being able to go through multiple layers of dreams mm-hmm. but he couldn't figure out the best way to tell that story where it would like make sense to the audience how it all like all the rules function and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it started as a horror movie. Apparently, it was like his first, conce- his, like when he first, con- his first conception of Inception was. Uh, <laughs> he uh, wanted as it as a prequel to A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah, where there's a dream killer. Yeah, uh, and th- some dream warriors. <laughs> we're gonna do. <laughs> but, so he had it as a uh, as like a horror movie, and then he just sort of like went through all these different genres trying to make it rework, and he eventually hit on the idea of doing a heist movie because heist movies are the only kinds of movies where exposition is expected the idea is to explain the entire plot line up front and then enact that plot line but something goes wrong mm. uh so that sort of was how it became this like big heist movie uh and how he hit on a script that actually like kind of worked and, and made the idea function and i think a lot of that still exists i mean we, there was moments that you were pointing out even the movie where it just felt like a horror movie yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. there was definitely horror setups but even just the the conceit of the movie itself to have each dream just be a slight tweak on a on the genre that we're doing this heist yes. movie you know it's each each one is just a chance for him to just play with another genre within mm-hmm. a movie and do it in a way that's not uh that's showboaty without being excessive yeah uh well and i like the you you brought something up to me too earlier uh, and it was something i read right when it came out uh nolan was quoted somewhere as saying that the one of the sort of metaphors of this movie is that it's actually about filmmaking itself uh, every person, every character in the movie is supposed to be like a different facet of making a film. I actually wrote down what yes. each character is and their role in that production. Yeah. So you've got Cobb, he's your director. Yeah. Um, of course, he's the person whose vision this whole thing is. Yeah. Arthur is the producer. Yes. And so he was the guy that had to, uh, what was his job? Uh, wasn't he, I mean, he was basically just helping design everything, right? Yeah, he helped design yeah. everything and he had the uh, thing. And then there was, a. Uh, am going to fuck up her name, Ariadne. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ariadne was the production designer. Mm-hmm. She came up with the way everything looked. Uh, Ames is the actor. Yep. That's rather obvious because he's Tom Hardy, the greatest actor on the planet. <laughs> And um, he does he does a mean Tom Berenger in this movie, <laughs> a mean Tom Berenger. And then Saito's the studio because he's funding the whole thing. Yep. And um, even though they don't really want him there, he right. tags along and yep. and, uh, and like ends up weighing them the down whole the whole time. <laughs> yep. And then um, Fisher's the audience; he's the person they're performing for. Mm-hmm. They have to make it real for him, so it it actually does fit that that yeah. template perfectly. Oh, and what I think is really funny about it to me is that. Uh, Part of it is probably, you know, Christopher Nolan being a brilliant writer, just being like, oh, it's just like a movie. But I think a lot of it was probably uh, not on purpose. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. more just, uh, uh, what's the word? Oh, shit. Uh, and I can't think of the well, word. Well, it's, like, it's like write what you know, right? Like yeah, he, write what you know. Like he just whether, did it. Yeah, like that's just sort of, that's a that's something he understands. So as he's conceiving of the story of like a team building mm. something, that's what a team building yeah. something is to him. You know what I mean? That's, that's the hey, world you're he knows. You're in charge of this, you're in charge of yeah. Right. Um, so I, I think that's interesting because it, uh, what you, I mean, one of the things you can take away from that then is that the, the concept of inception itself, like he, what he's kind of putting out there is that like 
that's what filmmaking is. That's why we talk about on the show, like movie movies. What is filmmaking? It's like, it's literally presenting somebody with this like huge imaginative idea that they actually feel like is a real experience they get to share in. You see it in, in all the technology that, that advances the movies is just how do we make it more engulfing? Mm-hmm. Let's make a bigger screen. Let's put a wall of speakers behind mm-hmm. it. Let's create a depth of field with 3D. Mm-hmm. Let's curve the screen further into your peripheral vision yep. so that you're in it. You know, Let's hand out scratch cards that you scratch and then you smell them at certain scenes in the movie so that you can smell what's going on. <laughs> they tried that in the past. Yep. But you know. oh, I think I remember going on a movie like that, too. Oh, really? Do you remember uh, any idea what it was? Nope. Because I know John Waters had a movie that was in Smell-O-Vision, and I know that they probably have like some sort of uh, of revival uh, of that in Midnight Forum, you know? I kind of hope it was like Spy Kids or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it was definitely like a Disney Disney movie. I was a kid. <laughs> it's Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D, <laughs> the Shark. spinoff, you and you smell, smell like the fish. Girl. You're like, oh, Burns yeah, burning nose. hair. Like, oh. <laughs> Smells like burning hair. It's like I'm really oh, in this stupid this fucking like movie. Sadness is because she died. <laughs> <laughs> now here's the thing that I, I found. Uh, like someone pointed this out, and I think that this is a. Uh, it's rather stupid, and so I want to know if you think this is something that Christopher Nolan wrote on purpose, or if this is a fan theory gone out of control. So if we take the lead characters' first names: Dom, Robert, Ames, Arthur, Mal, Saito, Peter, Ariadne, and Yusuf, the first letter of all of their names spell. Dreams pay. <laughs> Dreams pay. Was what that done that, on purpose? What would that even mean? Well, I that mean, that's their job. For Nolan? They they pay they, they get paid. They get, they now get is paid. that something that that fans made up and it just worked, <laughs> or or is that just uh, Christopher Nolan does having it, fun? Does it show up in order of appearance? No, no, no. Uh, I mean, that's <laughs> see, there, there's not yeah. a lot holding it together, but it is just a. Uh, I put it out there Let's for you. Let's see those credits again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the, that is silly. It's silly, but I mean. Sci-fi man, <laughs> but uh, one of the things that uh, we talk about a lot on Movie Movie is uh, reliance on CGI mm-hmm. um, re- as opposed to use of CGI, mm-hmm. and I think Inception is a perfect example of use of CGI as opposed to reliance on it. Uh, every set piece relies the the believability of it relies totally on this practical application of how they do these shots and stunts, and then they just put a sheen on it with the CGI. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the way it could be used and it it looks real. Mm-hmm. This movie absolutely looks real. It's it's different from a Transformers where you're like, "Oh, they look like I guess what a real Transformer would look like." <laughs> Zap pow kabam. <laughs> this actually looks like Paris is folding in half. Yeah. It's it's believable. You buy into like it. that entire like uh dream city thing is like decomposing and Oh yeah. yeah. It like feels ridiculous. like a real place. Well, that I, and I think like uh, you know the the scene where he's explaining to Ariadne how you know dreams work and everything explodes around them is like one of the better visuals in the movie and one where you can really see the combination of practical and digital effects mm-hmm. and how how well that can actually work if it's if it's all utilized properly, you know. Well, I I remember like the first time I saw that specific like scene that you're talking about it was mm-hmm. like that was one of the first promos for that movie i mm-hmm. think yeah, yeah and i definitely. remember i remember seeing that and being like holy shit like i have to watch this movie like the second it hits yeah. theaters it's funny that you say that because in terms of a, a blockbuster movie they did market this on stuff like that oh, yeah. i mean i the trailer the three things the that pop were the yeah the money shots it was the exploding stuff in paris mm-hmm. the folding over of the city mm-hmm. and just a quick clip of the fighting in the hallway where yeah, they're yeah. you know in no gravity or all Mm-hmm. gravity 
And that was pretty much all they sold. I mean, I went into this movie having literally no idea yeah. what it was about. And I think they did that on purpose. Yes. And uh, that that's a strange... I mean, it's a smart... Uh, I don't even want to use the word gamble anymore. It's a smart play because you've got people who know Christopher Nolan and go, okay, this is going to be a cool experience. Mm-hmm. But it also draws to the crowd that's like, oh, that looks fucking crazy. Yeah. Let's go watch a crazy movie like Transformers. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so it, it caters to that. And I think it's... It's complex, but it's inviting enough that yeah. even a low common denominator person, if they're willing to, you know, uh, you know, leave the baby at home rather than bring it into the theater and, and pay attention to the movie, it's it's not inaccessible. Yeah, well, and I think that the the heist structure lends to that a lot. Uh, you know, the movie. Do- we, one of the things we talk about on the show a lot is like economy and storytelling. You know, like I feel like as as uh, as comics, that's like a thing we deal with a lot is like trying to figure out how to get a joke like as economical as possible, mm-hmm. get it down to like the fewest amount of words. How do you get, get that across. beautiful tweet to 140 yeah. characters? <laughs> yeah, what words and punctuation can go? So what? So what's most effective? Like, how do you uh, get as much information across to the audience in a movie as possible without like beating over the head with characters just being like, "This is how this works," and this yeah. is who this guy is. This movie has a lot of that, but because Man, of it's like that first, that first like forty minutes yeah, is like minutes, I'd say. is a lot of that. But it really it's just one. It's a forty-five minute montage. It really of the is. team coming together. Yeah, exactly. But it works because it's a heist movie. Yeah. You know, we, 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 that's sort of an accepted genre mm-hmm. within which you can just be like, this is how this is going to happen, and this is how this is going to happen, because you always explain the heist yeah. before you perform the heist. And you know what they kind of do with that? And I'm, I'm thinking I'm relating it to like the Oceans movies mm-hmm. or to like Heat. Yep. Anytime they're assembling the heist, that has a dual function of explaining to you the heist that will invariably go wrong. Yep. And also introducing you to the characters without yes. giving any of them any sort of backstory all we get is the way that they interplay with one another right. to create their heist. How are heist. they going to function within the heist? That's yes, all exactly. we really need to know. And by introducing us to them, they sort of have the excuse to be like, oh, well, this is why we're, we're bringing this person onto the team because they can perform you know, tasks A, B, and C. Yeah. And in Inception, tasks A, B, and C are rules A, B, and C about sort of the world that we're now living in. Uh, so it's, it's pretty interesting the way he's able to like take this really like high concept, but project it to an audience in a way that's pretty sensible for the most part so i guess uh in terms of an audience surrogate that would be ariadne yes she would be the audience so mm-hmm. yeah i guess so because she's the one who gets to see what's deep inside she's gotta be, well and she's got to be taught as well mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like she serves that function sort of in the beginning of the story but then as you're saying on like the more emotional side of the story she's also how we get to more of like Cobb's interior because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like if you think like ames he sees none of that right he even they had that uh joke in the middle i'm trying to remember how it plays out where he's like oh yeah that's fine i'll just chill here <laughs> yeah, yeah, i'll just yeah. chill on this level you guys go down to the yeah, next one yeah. that's fine by me yeah. and or oh uh, no what was the uh when they get to the safe at the end mm-hmm. he's like ah you know i I, re- I really wanted to see what's in that yeah. anywho yeah. Let, let's go wake up and meanwhile for Cobb, it's like if i fuck this up yeah i'm fucked forever yeah, you know, yeah. it's and so that's cool that they balance it like that. Yeah. But I guess if you bring it to like an Ocean's Eleven, it's all riding on Danny Ocean. Mm-hmm. But you know that we also like to watch Casey Affleck and Scott Kahn bicker at one another, <laughs> and do you know it's that kind of thing. Um, one of uh one of the things I like about the storytelling in this and and the way Nolan can kind of be an economical storyteller is his like editing. Mm. He uh and a lot of people complain about this in his movies. He does it a lot. I noticed it a lot in Dark Knight Rises actually. Uh but I, I kinda like it. I think it really works. He like cuts all the fat out of his movies, like everything. There's not a single shot of like 
a character walking up to the building they're about to be inside of. You know what I mean? It just cuts to them being mm. in an office. There's no establishing shot. And they're already in the middle of the conversation that you're supposed to be listening to them have. Mm. Uh, he constantly is just like jumping right to the meat of what you need to see as an audience for the story to make sense to you. Uh, and I, I really like that about his filmmaking style, actually. I think that's kind of interesting. But the flip side of that is he continues that through a lot of his action sequences. Mm. And I think, unfortunately, that does make some of his action sequences a, like a, not unwatchable, but like less watchable than they could be. Absolutely. He's not good at like establishing the geography of a scene so that you, like, as an audience member, sort of like feel like you understand what all these like crazy camera moves are about. Mm-hmm. I, I feel lost in his action scenes a lot. It kind of like shakes you out of the hypnosis of the movie. Yeah. Because I feel the same way. Like I, his action t- mm-hmm. uh, work has improved a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And it's definitely gotten bolder. And for something like this, it was clear he was trying to have fun yeah. And, yeah. and do something you know that just was visually stunning. But yeah. it, it's weird, though. Like I, I'm trying to think. I, I don't think there's a single scene in this movie that plays out in real time. Yeah, I mean, um, there's honestly, they I, cut out even to the point where it's just like everyone turns to the left or yeah. something like that. It's just what dialogue do we need? And yeah. at a movie that's two and a half hours, that literally half yeah, of with his explanation. Yeah, like if you if he had all those establishing shots and all those like fatty fatty shots, like he his movies would be like four hours long, mm-hmm. right. and people wouldn't like it. They'd be like, yeah. "Oh, this is boring. Yeah. This is too yeah. long." It'll have the same amount of action, but if it's padded, they're like, oh, it's boring. It's blah. Yeah, I I just think that's like the natural evolution of filmmaking, too. It's just a director realizing like, oh, we don't need any of this. None Mm. of this helps tell the story. Audience members are savvy enough. They don't need to know what the office building looks like that they're currently standing in. That's Mm -hmm. not, you know. They just need to know it's an office. Yeah, exactly. Uh, So I think that's kind of just the evolution of filmmaking, but I feel like I notice it in his filmmaking a Mm. lot more than in other people's filmmaking. It definitely pops a lot in the action. Yeah. I, I agree with that. 100%. Um, but to the the flip side of that is the hallway sequence in this is amazing. Oh, yeah. And I and I actually think like really well edited. He does actually give you a lot of like really long establishing shots through that hallway. That action looks great the mm. whole time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you can even see it in uh, something like The Dark Knight. Um, I, I feel like he has uh, two uh, distinct types of, of action in that movie. There's really tight action, which is where I think he fails. Yes. And the scene that I think in question is the uh, transporting Harvey Dent scene where they're under the uh, under the overpass. Yeah. That has some choppy editing, and it feels real tight. Two seconds later, cut to flipping the Joker's big rig yeah. truck, and it's huge. It's graceful. It's it's yep, visually that is, poetic. That is a beautiful it's shot. It's beautiful, and that's yeah. that's the scene in the movie where it goes full IMAX. Yep. So you're in the theater, you're just floored by it. Yep. And I think that happens with Inception. You know those yeah. tight car racing scenes. There's shots that you go, oh, that's cool, that's cool, yeah. but you kind of lose it. Yeah. But when Paris folds over on itself, or yes. when the hallway scene's happening, it's vast in scope, and yeah. it's you know that that's the feeling that that you want from a blockbuster. I mean. The first wide release movie was just a train moving, mm-hmm. and people were like, "Oh shit, it's a fucking train moving!" Yeah. <laughs> and so that captures that moment where you're yeah. just like, "Oh my god, Paris is folding out of itself because this little lady did it with her brain." It's <laughs> wild. Uh, you, know, you want that? You want that? That awe and wonder? Yeah. Well, and th- I mean that sequence is like one of those things where I just like fall in love with the idea of movie making so much because you look at it and it's clear that it's not digital. It's definitely two dudes running around a hallway that seems to not have any sort of like established gravity. So then you start like uh, this is what I do. Then my brain starts being like, how the fuck do you do that? Like what? 
what possibly went into making that happen. Making That's that clearly illusion. not like wire work, the way those guys are moving. Like, what did they do? And then like, I did a bunch of research, and the way they did it is awesome. It's Again, it's like one of those things where you're just like, this is why we make movies. Like, because mm. you, so I think you actually said this during the movie, Dan. You and I, I wanted to point out to you. This is like the best description for why we should use practical effects. You, you said something like, uh, oh, I, I know what it is. I, yeah, I think I repeat it. it. It's that you, we see these movies that they go, hey, look, we made it look like this happened. Yeah. And we're in uh, something like Inception. They go, no, we did this for real. And then we filmed and it. And we filmed it. Yeah. You know, There's instead of such a joy to that, like as a, as a as a movie goer, as a watcher, you can see that you can see when that's what they're doing when they just make something and film it, yeah. versus when they're just like, hey, that looks like we did a thing, uh, and that hallway sequence is like very much that. It's just like I know they did that, and I want to know how they did it, and the way and they that's fucking... such an old school trick, yeah, but just given a modern sheen. I mean, yeah. that's old school. Oh yeah, because all I think they just went to an airplane hangar, built this huge fucking hallway. Built, like, I think they actually, you know, uh, much of the way Quaron did for um, uh, Children of Men, they like built their own unique camera rig that no one had ever built before mm-hmm. to have the camera be able to spin the opposite or same direction as the hallway. They built this hallway on a big spit so they could just rotate it. And they just taught the two actors, Joseph Gordon Levitt being one of them, which is like, this is to me evidence that he's the most amazing actor living. It's such a, like an athletic feat mm-hmm. that he's able to accomplish. They taught, they choreographed this whole like running around a spit hallway while the camera moves in like counterintuitive directions mm. so that it looks like there's just like shifting gravity from left to right and side to side. It's I actually amazing. saw a, a picture of the rig and the way that it works. I'm going to try and do this. Yeah, you guys yeah. get to see my hands, yeah. but uh, uh, people at home, I hope I do this right. Uh, down the the interior of the uh, of the hallway, there was like a, a, a track that's like a ring, mm-hmm. and the camera sits in the center of that on almost a gyroscope, yep. so that as the hallway rotates, the whole rig rotates, but so the camera okay. maintains its own sort of uh, uh, independence of like the inner own, workings like of the scene. Counter counterweight to it. It's got a counterweight to it, yeah. so they they can move it and do like the stuff against it. Yeah. But at the same time, the camera never actually leaves the rotation. Right. So geographic down maintains geographic down visually mm-hmm. as well, even when it's up. Yeah. And so it's it's wild. And so yeah, you just do cool. that and paint over a couple of holes with with a couple of pretty lights and it's, yep. it looks unreal yeah it's uh it's such an incredible sequence i feel like that's why i go to the movie that's i mean that's one of the reasons blockbusters i think are always going to be a thing is because that's why we go to the movies we want to see that yeah. we want to see that spectacle something mm. we've never really seen before that makes us go like how the fuck did they do that uh and that, I, you know i don't know that's that's why I'll still go see every shitty fucking action movie that comes oh, out yeah. every summer because I'm I'm hoping <laughs> there's something like that in it. I can't wait to be just so epically disappointed by the Avatar sequels. I yeah. can't wait. I know. I know. <laughs> They're gonna be so bad. I yeah. can't wait. Yeah. It's gonna be I, awesome. I didn't, I didn't like the first Avatar. Oh, it's movie. terrible. No, I know. I, it's an awful movie, but, but goddamn, it's beautiful. Everyone, yeah, I'll I'll see it. It's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, but it's like like just. Uh, story wise, oh, it's I, terrible. It's yeah, lowest it's, common denominator, yeah. straight straight across the board. It's a story that has been tried and tested so many times to work that you just throw in a template where you're like, let's pull that out yeah. and a blue alien, yeah. and pull that out and <laughs> Sam Worthington, yeah. and it's a movie. You know, and it's <laughs> and, and it works. I mean, it's you see like uh, okay, you take Romeo and Juliet. You turn it into West Side Story. You change it yep. up a little bit. That's fine. But this is just a story that's been done so many times. But God damn it, it's pretty. Yep. But Inception, there's not a single story I really mean, like no. it. There's yeah. there's genre steals like a heist movie, a horror mm-hmm. movie, 
Um, if you go down the levels, it's like a Bourne movie, mm-hmm. a uh, what's that? Uh, like a Matrix movie, mm-hmm. like a James Bond, uh, Roger Moore James Bond mm-hmm. movie, and then uh, Minecraft is the yeah, bottom Minecraft. level. Minecraft, <laughs> Limbo is and Minecraft, where, where you can just build yeah, houses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brian was finally on board two hours into this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we're building things. Well, the the zombies in Minecraft are actually just the hour. dreamers' <laughs> security. Some more cobblestone for us. <laughs> I've got to mine more dream cobblestone to build more dream bricks. Oh, man. Can you imagine when he finally had the idea that they were going to have to kill themselves via train? You know how long it takes to build rails in that game? He would have oh, been yeah. fucking mining forever. Jesus. That was a weird choice. Rail mine. <laughs> yeah. he's I mean, that's thrilling when they're laying on the, the yes. train track and the train's coming. But of all things to kill yourself, yeah. when the landscape is literally crumbling around you, they're like, let's get run over by a train gruesomely well, because we love each other. Well, this is... No, you're gonna, I'm going to see it happen to you first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do we want to do this at this point? Do we want to get into the nitty-gritty of the movie and try and kind of figure some of the pieces out? Yeah, Cause one of my, There's one a of lot my, of movie here. Yeah, one of my questions is in that sequence where it shows them laying on the train to die... He has, I'm pretty sure, I I don't remember if it happens before or after, but at one point he established, because one of the things they talk about a lot, there's a lot of repeated phrases in this movie, and one of them is uh, sh- uh, his wife wants him to grow old with her, mm-hmm. right? She says that to him a couple of times, we'll grow old together. Mm. And at some point in the movie he goes, but we did, we did grow old together. And he explains that they spent like 50 years down there together. Mm. And there's a scene where it shows them with old wrinkled skin Holding yeah. each other's hands as old people. And, well, they're gray and walking through the... Right. Yeah. But then when they kill themselves on the railroad tracks, they're young again. Yeah. Well, no, no. I don't think that was uh, that was uh, young again. We're seeing it through the eyes of... Uh, of uh, what's her name? Ariadne. Because he's telling her what happened, what the story is. Sure. Okay. And so what? she's just kind of remembering it like that. I mean, they do that a lot in movies where people will remember back and they just insert their present self right. into that memory. Yeah. I think that was just a, a visual aesthetic. Yeah. Well, I mean, what was... I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, go for it. What I'm done. What was the math again for how long? I mean, the, it's I'm, just exponential. Yeah, is the what math we generally really understand. Mm-hmm. It, just in a general way, it's like, oh, if you're spending five minutes right here in reality, mm-hmm. uh, it's an hour in the dream. It's world. an hour in the dream. And then okay. the next level, that would become four hours. And then the next level, that would become eight uh, hours. Okay. But it was like way bigger than that. It was like an hour and then two weeks and then six months and then yeah. 10 years. It was. Because they were sedated. Yeah. So it was super dreams. For the whole. I don't know for the whole thing. Yeah. Him back to where, how tech, how long technically were they under? Were they um, it was a 10 hour plane, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a three hour tour. It's <laughs> 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 a good nap, man. That is know. the, uh, uh, that's the best reaction. One. C- I think that's the intended <laughs> reaction yeah. to, uh, inception oh. is, huh? <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it it's uh it is at its core just a, a director making four different genre movies yeah, packed yeah. into one. Yeah. But but it's not cheap. So let's let's go through what the plan is here. Let's let's get into the plot uh meat a little bit. Yeah. So what it is is we have uh Cobb whose wife is dead. Yep. Um, he's accused. He's Wait, hold on. What is he accused of exactly? He's accused of murdering her because, because she left that letter with her lawyer. Yeah. But what yeah. does the letter say that would extricate him from the United States? No, no, not States. extricate. What it was was she said she left a lawyer saying that she felt threatened by him and was afraid that he was going to kill her. And that way he'd be a suspect. So he knew that he was and a with suspect. The, with the trash and someone said, listen, um, if we just go to some place that doesn't extradite, you're fine. Okay. But otherwise, the evidence says you're going to get locked up. Okay. So he runs. Um, but luckily for him, he works in the dream 
uh, <laughs> the dream heist industry. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's got a skill that apparently exists that everyone wants. And uh, so his job is to steal ideas. Go into someone's subconscious because in the dreams we are unguarded. We let our guard down and uh, he steals their thoughts and uh, gets information. But now the idea of Inception is to put an idea into their head. Yes, which is claimed to be impossible. Mm. But Cobb claims he can do it because he did it to his wife and got her to kill herself. Yep. Basically. So technically he was... Yes, responsible for her death, mm. uh, which is what he has to come to terms. That's like his journey throughout the movie is coming to terms with the fact that he's responsible for her death. So the plan is, um, let, let's start with the original plan. So as the heist movie is we're talking yes. about, um, they introduce us to plan A, and then because of circumstance, we have to go to plan B, C, yes. D, whatever, and then we got to improvise. But it's okay because we're a crack team and we're all best friends. And, um, <laughs> you know, that's how it works. So plan Sorry. A is, uh, <laughs> well, okay, so I guess we got to do the goal, right? The goal is to plant an idea in this young man's head. The young man has a father who's dying. That father owns a huge worldwide conglomerate that will eventually become his when his father dies. They need to implant the idea into his head that he's going to dissolve that company. So that's what they're trying to incept. They take a 10-hour flight with him. They buy out first class, put him to sleep with them, and I'll share Oh, no, they buy out the airline. Right, yeah. According to right. Sato. Yeah. At least that's what I thought he said, considering most of his dialogue was unintelligible. <laughs> yeah. I feel like every scene of that movie, he would be like, uh, you know, come on, take a leap of faith. They'd be like, what? Like, leap of faith. They'd be like, oh, okay. yeah, okay. We can do Inception. <laughs> you know, like everything would be that. <laughs> this is a dream inside a dream? A what? A dream inside a dream. A dream and oh yeah no no that's what yeah it's a dream inside a dream okay okay let's keep going actually all those that's what was missing in those time jumps we were those talking about jumps, in seems yeah. was just them going oh, I'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> you had to cut a lot of that out huh uh, yeah you you, oh yeah you're good you got like all the way Fennell had some cat fuzz in his beard <laughs> yeah. oh, nice. it'll happen that's that's a movie movie uh, standby yeah. it just happens. <laughs> Um, uh, so the the plan is so to get in there and they're going to do it. You can explain it. They're going to do it. How? Uh, okay. 10 hour flight. They're going to put everybody to sleep, share a dream. That first level of the dream is the firefight. Yeah. Right. They um, like, Oh, okay. Wait, the original plan. Original yeah. plan was they would spend, I believe a week on the first level. Mm -hmm. uh, they would spend, what did they say? Six months on the second level and then 10 years on the third level. Mm -hmm. Uh, but what's unclear? See, this is one of the things that's unclear to me, though. Is no, no, no. They're not. They're not going to spend that long. That's how long it would be on each level. Right. But the whole idea was because he um uh, he put in the sleeping drug. Right. He uh, fucked with the inner ear function. Right. Uh, as long as there's a kick at the top, they can pop out whenever they want. Right. It's just that if they die in the dream. Because uh, they're, they're sedated, so sedated, they won't go up the levels. Right. So the only way out is through the kick. Through the kick. And they're not going to activate the kick until the job is complete. Right. And in order to complete it, they got to go deep. Right. Uh, and they're going to use music to sync up when the kicks will happen. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, my confusion, though, is the levels themselves. Uh, if you think about how, like, what are they actually design? I guess just so that they can... But that's the thing, though. If that's if they're going to kick their way back up at any time, how long do they intend to spend doing these things? As long as it takes. Because right. the whole idea is like that, you know, one person stays in each right. level as the rest drop down. Right. So arguably, the you know, when the people get down to the bottom level, yeah. um, they have a ton of time. But right. for the level above them, it's like nothing at all. Right. And however long that is, is like nothing at all right. above that. So when you ride the kick back up, it uh, you know, nobody's spending an extra amount right. of time in there. Um, but I, I, you have to be willing to 
in case the bottom level takes forever and you're right. on that first one, you might be there for a week. If right. you're on the second one, you might be there for a month. Right. But they're hoping to beat that, hence the use of the kick. And I think the plan, if I'm not mistaken, is on each level they're going to do they're going to sort of incite a different event between the the guy they're trying to put the idea inside of and his uncle. Something right? like that, yeah. On yeah. each level they sort of try to incite some sort of event between the two of them because he trusts his uncle uh, that will get him to reconcile his issues with his father. Mm -hmm. Well, his uh, uncle's kind of his father figure. Right. And so they're going to exploit that. Yeah. Uh, and it, like, at f the first level, it's through, like, intimidation, mm -hmm. right? Then this, uh, but also to sort of, they have his uncle explain that, like, his dad basically hated him, right? Isn't that mm -hmm. the thing? I'm trying to remember because he says something different to him on each level. On one level, it's like, oh, he hated you, so that he's like already, so that he's really hating him on the next level. So then well, here's on the, the thing, next though, level, he can be redeemed. Even that is when they start changing the plan because right. what sets it off is that under the first level, they figure out that Fisher, the man that they're right. accepting, has training. Right. And uh, he's worked with a. a uh, Someone that would like uh, militarize his mind. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Militarize his mind, and now they're under attack, so they have less time. And in the first attack. Uh, Saito gets shot, and it's revealed that because of the sedatives, if you die, you go into limbo. Yeah, and limbo and is almost timeless. Him down yes, yeah. Because they needed to keep him alive for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. mm, they couldn't just leave him behind. Yeah, yeah exactly. And like it, it takes less time in each one. Yeah. God, it's fucking brilliant. <laughs> it's yeah, so, it's yeah. so I, I keep trying to think of a hole to point through it, and, yeah. and there really is not one. I mean, it's, it's pretty it's clean. Tight. Uh, I, honestly, I think the biggest hole is the whole idea of designing a dream for someone else's brain. They never really explain how any of those designs make it into that person's brain. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, oh, they never really explain how they get like the designs of what looks familiar to them. The, yeah, yeah. You know, like that's kind of that, strange. Some of the process itself is unexplained, but I'm fine with it. That's like, almost it a heist thing yeah. too. When they just have like, oh man, you're good at computers. Yeah, yeah, I had a life before this. Okay, good enough. Yeah. You know, oh, that science works. I don't know why I just used a line yeah. from Fast Six <laughs> for for a heist movie thing, but it's that was ludicrous. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chris Ludicrous Bridges. Um, <laughs> I'm like sorry, I'm sorry. MTV award-winning actor, Chris Ludacris Bridges. There's nothing ludicrous about Ludacris. <laughs> <laughs> Get out the way. Well, um, <laughs> you brought up the music, and I, I found this today. I thought this was kind of cool. Um, so the song that they have from The Kick is... Uh, This is the score. And now if you take that and you speed it up. Whoa. It's the kick song. Really? Whoa. And so the score is actually based off of that on the because yeah. like it's not literally it's slowed right. down it's an orchestrated version of that song slowed down, so it almost works both as a score and almost as within the actual movie itself because if time slows down and the, the or speeds up down. it would slow down with it and so the score actually could believably be placed within the realm of the movie yeah. as well as just Ferrari was at home. That's super Isn't that interesting. Wild? Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And that's definitely purposeful. That's no yeah. dreams pay shit. Right. That's um, yeah. No, I, I read about that too. 
uh, when it came out, and they like had to spend a while trying to get the rights for that song. Really? Yeah. I wonder why they chose that song. I wonder if the lyrics yeah, say I anything. I can't remember why. Mm. But mm. It w- I I don't know. Maybe Nolan just like either piano. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a he's a fan. Yeah. I say. He's got a poster of her in his bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write movies for you, babe. It's going to be like a dream. Inside a dream. Yeah. <laughs> That's his totem. Yeah. Is the poster. Only he knows where the cum stains are. Yeah. And since no one else sees it, he can check that and go, I'm not dreaming. But that's now a, I'm fantasizing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a question I have because that's something I remember people talking about a lot when it came out. Uh, one of the so sort of the main question at the end of the movie, uh, the the to finish out what the plot line is. So that's what was supposed to happen. So they were just supposed to go to each level and eventually convince this guy that he was going to you know destroy the company that his father had built. Mm. Uh, things go wrong and they basically have to go as quickly as possible through each level. Things you go mentioned wrong the urgency is high on Cobb because if he can do this mission successfully, he can get back, he can get back home. See, if not, then they're going to land in America and he'll be immediately arrested. So yes. there is a ticking clock yes. happening. Uh, and, uh, you know, so they basically have to try and go through each level as quickly as possible, uh, which means they have to make a ton of decisions they wouldn't have made otherwise uh, as they go through each level, leading to uh, the fact that they may end up back in limbo where Cobb once spent many, many, many years with his wife, uh, which is what caused her to kill herself because uh, she lost sense of what's real. Uh, which brings me to my question. The way they claim that they determine what is real and what is not real is with the totems, right? Mm-hmm. And they explain that they design, they each design their own specific totem and that only they should know its specific yeah. weight and blah, blah, and blah. He ends up with his wife. He ends up with his wife's totem. Yeah. So one of the questions at the end of the movie, because at the end of the movie, everything works out. They get off the plane. It's like the happiest ending of all time for like the bleakest movie you've ever seen. Uh, and he gets his kids back and everything's great. And he spins the top and the movie cuts before we see whether the top falls or stays standing. In the context of the movie, if it had stayed standing, it would definitely be a dream. If it had fallen over, it would be real life. However... It's revealed later in the movie that that's not even his totem. That's his wife's totem. And he very specifically says to everybody else, well, Ariadne, I guess when he's explaining it to her, you should never touch my totem, and I should never touch your totem. Mm -hmm. So if it's his wife's totem, is it even doing him any good ever when he spins it? Is it telling him anything at all? All right. I'm going to bring in what I I researched today. And uh, this is a fan theory. Yes. And I I wrote down the bullet points of what this fan theory entails, and it checks out entirely. Okay. First, uh, never once is it ever explicitly stated that that top is his totem. Okay. Never once does he claim it's his totem, right. never anything. All that ever happens it's, it's is after he runs into his, uh, yeah, it's in his possession, yeah. and after he runs into his wife in a dream, he always spins it. Yeah. And it's like freaking out yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, but... It's suggested, the fan theory is, that his wedding ring is indeed his totem. Oh. And in the the movie, all of the scenes that are purported to be dream scenes, he's got the wedding ring on. Okay. All of the scenes in real life, he doesn't, including the final scene. Whoa. And so that that's where I'm starting to think, you know, maybe now granted, I actually believe the movie's intention is to yeah. be ambiguous just to inspire yes. this conversation. But this fan theory checks out 100 um, percent. That's why I had you run it's it back at the end was because yeah, I wanted to see all the shots in the hands and he did not at the end. It's and so it could be argued that he just spins the top because he's freaking out and it you know, makes him think of his wife or it's mm-hmm. his guilt trip kind of thing. The end is just another memory for him. Mm. Yeah, because it. 
They always show it's still the same cut of the kids' back of their heads and the sound in the back being his father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This that's just this time we see their faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, see, and that's the, argu- that that's the argument against it. Wants. Yeah, that That is one of the main arguments about it being a dream at the end is the kids appear to be the exact same age they are in every single mm-hmm. one of his memories when he sees them. Well, I, I know another uh, argument for that being a dream is that what we were talking about earlier with, like, he doesn't do those shots that he doesn't need. It just cuts, like, right to him in his house. Right. Oh yeah, yeah and that's yeah. the whole. How did you get here? That's yeah, you know, that's yeah. the whole. You know, what happened? But yeah, because they explain earlier in the movie, like, oh, you don't remember the first couple of minutes. Of yeah, the- how did we get to this point? Right, yeah, you know, it's right. it's always you're just in the in the shit of it. You're in the middle of it. Um, I mean, the optimist in me wants him to have gotten home. I think he earned it. Right. And uh, and and I I like to think that that he's also you know in a that he found his way back to reality. Whoop! There goes gravity. Whoop! <laughs> and um. And but then I, I also read another thing, and this happens a lot. So many characters say something directly to him along the lines of "Come back to the real world." Yeah. When will you wake up? Yep. Just wake up. Yep. And so you wonder what what that is. Are these people even real at all, or are they part of his subconscious? Well, one of the things I noticed uh, on this watch that I never really noticed before is that the the thing that he is worried about with Maul. Where like the whole th- you know the sort of the concept Maul his wife, um, he like how you shorten her name already. Well, no, isn't that what they call her the whole <laughs> yeah, time? Yeah, her name's Maul. Uh, I thought it was Molly. I thought they. I don't think so. I no, no, it's it's M A L, which Maul? is actually the uh, it's you know malignant, malevolent. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's ah. it's play of of basically the villain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she what what Cobb says is wrong with her is that they've been down in limbo for 50 years. And she liked being down there because she liked the idea of being able to grow old with Cobb, essentially, Mm -hmm. uh, in a world where they can, like, do whatever they want. Uh, So she decides to hide her totem from herself, essentially. Mm -hmm. So she will begin to believe that that world is real and will no longer want to return back to the the real waking world. Mm -hmm. So he, the whole movie, every time he interacts with her, he seems to be trying to explain this to her again. You know, he's like reiterating this to her that like, no, 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 this is, you know, that, that, that this is all fake. This is all, you know, we need to get back to the real world. Uh, She, there's a point in the movie where she has the exact same conversation with him and repeats almost verbatim everything that he has said to her about what's going on with her and her condition Mm -hmm. back to him. Which I thought was really interesting, and I'd never really noticed before when I was watching. Do you watching remember what the movie. they said? I'm, I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to remember exactly what it is, but it was it was almost verbatim. Her being like, uh, "You oh, it was the thing about their kids." Like she's he. Uh, there's a there's scenes where he's explaining to Ariadne what was happening to her, and he's like, you know, uh, she would start saying once they got back to the real world, she was saying things like, "These aren't our kids. These aren't our kids." Mm-hmm. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like, "No, no, no. They're they're our kids. These are definitely our kids. You." just don't remember uh later in the movie he's in a dream he's in what we assume from our reality of the movie is a dream world one of his memories he's made mm-hmm. of maul and his kids and she's saying be, you can be here with me and our children you can be here with me and our kids and he's saying those aren't our kids those are not our children oh those, yeah yeah, he, yeah he is reacting exactly the same way to her as uh. she did to him it's it's an entirely reciprocal mirror of what she was going through is what he is now going through. Mm-hmm. And so then it become then to me it becomes really unclear as to who is actually dreaming here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's wild. Yeah. And it, and uh, another thing where the lines overlap is uh when they flash back to the scene where not a flashback when they're in like the subconscious uh him and Ariadne 
and she's on the uh, uh, Miles on the ledge, the yeah. scene where they depict how she dies. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, now I forget where I was going. Oh, yeah, she says, come on, do it with me. Take a leap of faith. Yep. You have to believe me. Take a leap of faith. And that's the same line that Saito says right. to get him on the helicopter right. when he's like, uh, how do I know you're going to keep up your end of the deal if I do this job? And he says, take a leap of faith. Yeah. And then uh, before they cut, they go, uh, I'm sorry? And he <laughs> says, a leap of faith. And then, you know. If I if I cut this movie, um, three things that I would change is one uh it would be that is every time he spoke people would be like i'm, I'm sorry what was that <laughs> two would be anytime they're about to get into the the dream machine the part of like the the suiting up montage would involve them all putting on footy pajamas so that they can get comfy and then the third thing is when they're laying on the train tracks and it shows their old hands yeah. it would pan up to their heads and it would be the two actors just in like the worst old person makeup <laughs> for their face and Slow mo on the train crushing just their like heads. I think that'd be that awesome. Wrinkles, like, drawn in yeah, just <laughs> terrible, just awful makeup that they just threw together. Like Not that good Saito makeup from the beginning. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> early seasons of jackass old people makeup. You know, like that kind of thing where it's like, all right. Like the Richard Nixon in Watchmen, his makeup. Where you're like, that's, a, that's an action figure shaped like a person. <laughs> yeah, it's, that, those are the changes I would make. But yeah. otherwise, it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I uh, I've seen it so many times, and every time I'm watching for like new things that might make me think something is real or not real, and and I've seen all kinds of arguments as to okay, let's say he is in a dream. Is he in a dream the whole movie? Is he in a dream? Like, wh at what point does that dream start? Do we ever see reality? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, is there? Are we ever seeing any reality? Or well, if is we believe that the last dream? scene is a dream, then I think with that comes the assumption that everything we saw was a dream. It's possible. Mm. Uh, but then there's also like, if you want to, you could like start looking at the rules of the totems themselves and start looking at the top and go like, okay, at a certain point, every time you use the top, we do see it fall. But then uh, I figured it out after that scene in that one bathroom, when he doesn't get a chance to watch it fall, it just hit, it falls on the floor and he just picks up and puts it in his pocket. We do see him spin it like two more times after that, but we don't see it fall. Mm -hmm. Uh, it cuts away for whatever reason. Um, so it, you know, if, but that's, you know, if those rules make any sense and does it make sense because it's not even his totem, it's only malls. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't mm. it's it's hard to, to say. Well, the ring thing convinced me just because it's so consistent of yeah. when he does and doesn't yeah. have it. That totally makes sense. I mean, sense. it's not a uh, I feel like I'm even having memories of him doing this in certain scenes, like playing with a ring. Like oh, possibly. He, def he definitely did. Yeah, I remember that. It's um, I mean, and it's not like it's definitely intentional that he does and doesn't have it on at some points. Yeah. Because there's no reason why Leonardo DiCaprio, who I believe is unmarried, would just have his ring on on set. Right. And how, why they would have him put one on or take one off. Yeah. You know, I feel like if there's a reason behind that, there's something there. Yeah. But also that could just be, I mean, we've uncovered now enough evidence that either way could be a valid explanation. Yeah, yeah. So it is ambiguous. It's, yeah, I it's think it's supposed to be. to be. That's kind of the fun of it, I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, we, I think we all agreed that when you see it in the theater, everybody at the end lets out a big oh when yeah. it cuts to black yeah. it's it's the sopranos cut yep oh, my, we're like oh what i let out was just like holy shit yeah. <laughs> yeah dude it was so it was one of those where you know everyone did an ah oh, and i had like an oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if, if, to express it in guttural noises if you will <laughs> will you will you um but this movie uh to go back to the somewhat thesis of the show proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that um 
Although it is still a gamble, the studios can put faith into someone who's not just a, a schlub. You know, mm-hmm. they they can do that. You can get a budget into a movie like this. But I also don't think it sh- it should ever be a rallying cry against things like Transformers. Right. Uh, I'm totally open to that entirely. Yeah. But uh, it's just weird when you think of movies as a business, especially now that movies are essentially free if you look hard enough. You know, it's it yeah, becomes harder and harder. Yeah, so you really don't have to look hard. If you have a computer and you know how to use a keyboard, you you, you can find most movies for free. Like and so we have like you know fighting back now. There's oh no, you got to come out to the theater because there's a uh, you know IMAX. Oh, oh we've got a uh, we've got 3D. It's so much better going to a theater. Than oh, absolutely. Oh, I I mean I always contest the director directs it with that yeah, realm yeah, in mind. Sure. Yeah. So you do it. And there's even commercials before the movies where they take like pieces of a trailer yeah. from like an upcoming movie and they shrink it down to a computer screen and like movies this big should never be watched on a screen this small. <laughs> Coca Cola. It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, like, who the fuck is gonna w- want to watch Transformers on an iPhone? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Oh, uh, actually, the lowest common denominator would. Yeah, because <laughs> maybe the like, ones to enjoy. Just be like, yo, look what I can do on my iPhone. Yeah, right, right, exactly. It would be a, a bragging right for the phone. It's um everyone has. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, mine can do that too. Um what's your Wi-Fi password? I want to watch Transformers. Re- what's the new one called? What was Transformers it Dinosaurs was of the Magic Space Man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've watched that dinosaurs movie, Robots Mad- Beating Shit Up the Movie. <laughs> called wait to watch Space Dinosaurs. Oh yeah. Didn't they yeah. Sell a cell phone with Transformers. I know a cell phone came with Avengers at one point. There was one cell phone that did. Probably Transformers. Why not? I mean, but it's, you know, and so this this harkens back to me to an era of things like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark Mm -hmm. or... uh, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or, or uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> but the reason I bring those up uh, jokingly, but a more serious point is that uh, that is the separation between that trilogy and the fourth one is the fourth one to me seems to be more infused by the latter day blockbuster mentality yeah. of let's appeal to yeah. the lowest common denominator because this movie was fucking, fucking expensive. Exactly. And like mm. the first ones were all about let's just make the best movie we can and hopefully yeah. they come out yeah. and the budgets got bigger. And that was the old school blockbuster kind of thing, and the new blockbuster was just this cost a fuck ton. Yeah. Um, we we got to make we got to recoup our costs, yeah. you know. And so it it changes like that. Yeah. And uh, and sequels are like, hey, let's spend another like two hundred million more on explosions. Yeah. <laughs> and another hundred and fifty million. Let's get the Rock in here. Yeah. <laughs> let's get him in. Which I, if they made Inception two with the Rock. Oh, I mean, yeah, boots, boots to asses, <laughs> boots to asses. Yeah. Oh, I would totally watch yeah. The Rock as Indiana Jones Five. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be his name, Indiana Jones Five. I think he's Five. Just playing a dinosaur in the Jurassic Park. Yeah. <laughs> he, he just they're, can they're turn even, into a wrestler. They don't even put makeup on him. He just fucking destroys shit. That's the Rock. He attacks right from the front. Yeah. Head <laughs> <Add> on. <laughs> If at some point Optimus Prime can deliver like a rock bottom or what no a people's elbow a people's elbow onto a a, a Decepticon it would be primo stuff I'd watch that I'd also like uh, to I hope see the Decepticons uh, stone cold yeah yeah oh my goodness <laughs> throwing they're launching kegs at him he's like I got this it's like uh what's the name uh, Megatron three sixteen. <laughs> 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 Now, if we could get Optimus Prime on the back of a dinosaur to then turn into a truck so that he's a truck riding a dinosaur, done. <laughs> Have my money. Take it. Make another one. Uh, 
So what? Uh, I feel like should we tie this back into blockbusters, right? Like mm-hmm. really. Um, yeah. I feel like the the cool thing about this is that I was just thinking about this. I f- do. You, would you agree with this? Is I feel like a movie like this almost paved the way for something like Gravity. Oh, hundred like, percent. I don't think yeah. a studio would have funded Gravity without something like this, like a huge big budget movie with a brain. I, I don't think without this being successful, we would have had something like Gravity. I don't think they would have funded. I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, see Gravity was it open oh, water or phone booth? Uh, no, 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 no. It was well, gravity. Oh, you mean in the sense that like it just took place in one location? Yeah, for, where they were just. But even that, no. I mean, it yes has four no, distinct yeah. set pieces. Yeah. Uh, throughout the whole thing, they, she is just in space the whole time. But like she, at various times, does get in and out of different things okay. that are in space. And it's just uh, her. It's just her for the most part. There's mm-hmm. there's one other character for a little while. <laughs> Spoiler alert! Yeah, <laughs> George Clooney's yeah. not as good an astronaut as we thought. Yeah. But uh, actually, he's the best. He's really good in that movie. He's, but the scientist a... lady who they trained for six months to go to space was a great astronaut. But now if we think about Alfonso Cuaron, uh, he follows a very similar path to uh, Christopher yes. Nolan. Because yes. he does... Uh, yeah, which is just, you know, that's like his uh, memento where what? he pops up on the scene. <laughs> it actually is Spanish essentially for the retort to Yo Mama when you go, no, Yo Mama. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's You know, it's the, the retort to Yo Mama. It, it literally means, and your mother also. Yeah. And um, so he does that. He does something like Children of Men, which I guess you could call like the prestige. Yeah, well, actually, between that, he did a Harry Potter movie. Well, and that's that's the point I'm about to make. Yeah. That's his Batman. Yeah. Because in the same way that, that uh, uh, how should I put it, that Nolan kind of put a visual stamp on the way we accept Batman mm-hmm. right now, um, the whole the whole vision of what Harry Potter looks like distinctly changed yes. with Alfonso Cuaron. And then the, the franchise finished out. And it needed that tonal change. Yes. As the the novels, the source material matured, mm. and so boom, he's got some pull. Um, his movies are well regarded, and then it's like, hey, let's throw Sandra Bullock and some cash at you. Let's see what you can do in space. Yeah, uh, and that that's what I think is so interesting about Inception, and like kind of excites me about it when I watch it now too. Is just knowing that it kind of feels like it ha- almost has a, a like a historical place amongst like, oh, absolutely. some of the blockbusters. You know? I think it's uh I think it's as big a game changer in terms of the way movies look as The Matrix was when it came right. out. Yeah. I mean The Matrix I, I haven't watched it in a while. I don't know if it ages well. Right. But movies almost all movies look different after The Matrix yes. and it's The Matrix's fault. And, yep. it, and it was a good change. Mm-hmm. And um even in terms of just what was palatable to throw at someone mm-hmm. in, I mean it could be argued that without The Matrix there's no Inception. Yeah. I mean yeah. that's that's a hundred percent valid. Yeah. And so yeah, without Inception there's certainly no gravity. Mm-hmm. Certainly. I mean this this was definitely a game changer. Yeah. Um do we uh do we do we want to wrap up our thoughts on this and play a game with our guests perhaps? I think we do. Yeah. I mean, do you guys have anything you want to add? I feel like we shut yeah, you out uh, there. You got uh, any, got anything you want to add about Inception or Blockbusters? I really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So you get the whole point of this show yeah. is that we like it. <laughs> yeah. We just we like things. It's um I'm trying to think of well, I mean, this is this week is kind of the opening of like this week, give or take two or three weeks on either side, is, is the opening of blockbuster season this What's year. What is indeed. What are I the know blockbusters? That Tom Cruise, um, the Tom Cruise movie is. Yeah, I want to go see that. It's that. supposed to be awesome. Um, that's that's kind of. I'd say that's the second blockbuster. Our big blockbuster for the summer was X Men. Uh, I mean, I haven't seen was the, the kickoff that was X Men. Yeah. Uh, but there's what else is coming up? We have. Uh, I don't know. X Men, Guardians of the Galaxy. Man, come on. I'm, the I'm only oh, movie but Guardians, we need to talk. Guardians of the Galaxy though is, is late in the season though. That's like July? August. August. Yeah, I think I that's think. August. Yeah, that's gonna be amazing. That's I the only movie we need to talk about. Yeah. 
forever. Like this is now the Brad. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. uh, podcast. Let me pull see what's coming up because I'm actually curious as to what we have. Maleficent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's already out, I think. Yeah, that came out uh, last week, I believe. I heard it was. Indeed, it did. Mediocre. All right, let's see. Coming soon. Nice. God, it's so Yet slow. Oh, I wish I was in a lower dream level. I'm going to get a game prepared here real quick while Dan's looking that up. Do you want me to look it up? Because I'm connected to the Wi-Fi. Yeah, go for it. Oh, found it. Okay. Oh, actually, How to Train Your Dragon 2, I hear, is incredible. Yeah. And I loved the first one. The first one's great. I haven't seen the first one. Um, 22 Jump Street. You'll have a great time. Oh, well, 22 Jump Street's next week. Oh, and I've heard that is excellent, actually. I read a great review of that. Yeah, 22 Jump Street. What did you think of the first one? I liked it a lot. I loved the I like the... I like the... The uh, what's it called Johnny Depp uh, and oh, what's his name yeah. cameo. Yeah, but that, uh, that Grico, needed Richard an Grico. actual literal sequel to the show. Yeah, it that actually was, just goes yeah, right yeah. into that it. That was the one comedy that I've watched and been like, oh shit, the editing in this is great. Yeah. Other than yeah. other than like uh, <laughs> Simon Pegg one. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I for, Edgar Wright, I think, is director Wright's for all movies. those. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the uh, the next big one is Transformers: Age of Extinction. Yes. Um, which that's probably going to be like the big money one, although. I, I'm willing to bet that uh, that Edge of Tomorrow is going to be a sleeper hit because that's getting buzzed. That's getting it, it looks cool. I, w- I want to see that really bad. I actually read something really interesting about it that I thought was funny is that Tom Cruise apparently does not play an action hero. He's like kind of like a suit, and yeah, he slowly. I, I think that's that kind of cool. Yeah. And Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Oh yeah. is July 11th. Which pretty bad. That's going to be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but I do- uh, oh yeah, you know what? I was going to say Jupiter Ascending, but that got pushed back. Yeah, that's the next. Uh, uh, What's their name now? Wachowski's movie. Yep. Yeah, there's really nothing. Oh, Hercules, July 25th. Uh, that is the, the yep, that is the Rock uh, <laughs> doing a Brett Ratner summer action this feast. Might be the first movie starring the Rock where I'm like, I don't know if I want to see it. Like, I feel like the thing I always I'm say is like, oh, you it. could put the Rock in anything, and I'll go see it. I don't want to see it at all. Look good. <laughs> if you put Brett Ratner on it, I'm like, eh, I'll just I'll enjoy it on when it's free. Y- yeah, I'm yeah. Not I, I'm, see I'm it. Not, I don't know if I'd pay to see it. Now, going up against Hercules that same weekend is Lucy, the action oh, movie with uh, Scarlett Johansson. That looks pretty cool. That's the one. Uh, kind of oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. reminded me of Limitless. Yeah, yeah a little bit. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, it's got the hackiest premise of all time. Like, what if you can use 100% yeah, of your brain? Yeah, we only use 10% of our brains. What if we could use 100? It's just a movie about Smoke Adderall. Smoke and find out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> That's what it turns uh, out at the end of the movie. She just wakes up and was like, I was fucked up on DMT. I just dreamed I murdered yeah. bitches. There's like a shaman next to her. Yeah, yeah. She, she's been like purging from an ayahuasca. He's like, trip. so, Miss Johansson, are you ready to film the Avengers 2 now? And yeah, roll credits. <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, you did it. Um, but uh, I forgot about this one. We all forgot about this one. This is the, uh, this is a blockbuster. Teenage Ninja Turtles. Oh, fuck yeah. I think there's a reason August why 8th. I forgot about that. Yeah, right? Yeah, and then, of course, out. The Expendables 3 starring Kelsey Grammer, but we're not going to get into that. Right. Wait, Kelsey Grammer's going to be Kelsey Grammer is in that. Isn't there some... Didn't they put Wesley Snipes in this one, too? Yep. Was and uh, Mel Gibson. No, no. Sorry. Wesley Snipes new. I haven't oh. seen the first two. The first I one's, like, to. fun for what it is. Uh, the second Bruce one Willis is great. Really? Bruce Willis is in the uh, second oh, yeah, one. Yeah, but he's not going to be in the third one. Also. No, no, no. He, he yeah, actually, he was, there he was, was like a public thing yeah. where he didn't do it because they weren't paying enough. Yeah. And then oh, Sylvester fuck. Stallone took to Twitter and called him lazy. Yeah. Which is awesome because yeah. Sylvester Stallone continues to work hard. Uh-huh. Even if even if it's just because of steroids. Who cares? He just keeps <laughs> pumping out movies. And he looks better at, at the ripe age of 97 than <laughs> I'll ever look in my life or have ever looked. 
All right, you guys want to play a game? Yeah. Let's, uh, uh, let's talk about what this game is for, though. Yes. Uh, so on July 17th, uh, Dan and I have sort of turned this uh, podcast into a live game show of sorts. Okay. Uh, and so on July 17th, we're going to be at Philomoca uh, with a panel of comedians playing a uh, sort of a game show that we've we've come up with, uh, like movie trivia-related game show. Uh, it's, uh, I'm super excited about it. It's going to be really fun. We got all kinds of crazy prizes for uh, audience members to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, the games are all comedy-based, but still movie trivia-based. So it's going to be like really fun and funny and, and crazy. It's going to be cool. And if you show up and you study up on your crime movie knowledge, that's yes. the theme of the show, you could win a uh, role in the show. Yes. So if you're shy, don't go watch any movies. But if you want to be a yeah. part of it, boom, study up and uh, and uh, join us. It's going to yeah. be amazing. It's Twelfth uh, and Spring Garden. Yes, is where it is. It's five dollars. And um, yeah, we're going to be uh, giving away some tickets in the coming weeks on the show and other things such like that. So yeah. stay tuned. Uh, so the game that we're going to play is a game that we've been calling uh, Ten Things I Know About Movies. Uh, and it's uh, we it's a. Uh, I think you I think you and I are tickled by that more than our audience has ever been tickled by that. Okay, that makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> every time we've said it, everyone who just looks at us like, okay, whatever. Yeah. As we die, but it's great. It's so funny to us. When you uh, see the logo, it will gel. Yeah. So well, it's ten things I hate about you, but ten uh, things I know about Moo V's. Here's the way this game is going to work. I get to play your round. Yes, I want in. Yes, you do. Uh, there's one pen right over there that you guys can sort of collectively use. Here's the way this game is going to work. I'm going to give you ten facts about a movie. Uh, they're going to be successive in the sense that the first few facts are going to be not helpful in any way, shape, or form. The later facts will be much more helpful to trying to get the title of this movie. Uh, but I'm going to give them to you one at a time. I'm going to give you all a fact, and you will all individually decide if you want more facts or if you want to guess and turn in your answer. If you guess first and get it right, you're the winner. Whoever gets it right first wins. So it gets easier the longer you stay you, in the game, but guess, it's so beneficial get to get it before everyone else. Once you guess, you you yeah, have you to write it down you and have turn to write it, in. it down and turn it into me. So you can't change it uh, okay, once you lock in your guess. Mm-hmm. part so, of the fun is seeing how wrong everybody is yeah, yeah. or how right they are. Yeah. Yeah. So you could you know you That's could because we have to write it in one at a time anyway. Uh, yeah, you can wait around and get more facts, but somebody else might you know nail the movie before then, and then you're screwed anyway. So you nail the movie. Before a fact. Okay, what's this movie, Eddie? <laughs> it's Copland. No. <laughs> no. Uh, hold on, let me go to the Rock's uh, filmography page on Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> well, the theme of, of this, this event that we're doing now is th- a blockbuster. Yes. So yes. the movies that we've chosen, Garrett's got one, I've got one, because we both want to play, so yes. we, we kept secrets. So it is a blockbuster. Uh, so the first fact you get is that it's an action-adventure movie from 1999 with a 55% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Anybody want to guess? No. no. Said 1999. 1999. The 55% around. 55% action adventure. You want another fact? Yes, please. Fact number two: the budget for this movie was 80 million dollars. Its box office worldwide was 416 million dollars. Jesus. So, despite n- not being terribly well liked, it uh, it did make a, a lot of money. Anybody got a guess, or, any, or everybody want more facts? More facts. More facts. More, more facts. More facts. All right, uh, this is some trivia about the movie. According to the director, Universal Studios, who made the movie, phoned him the morning after the movie was released and said, we need another one. Anybody got even inklings? Anybody I'm trying know? to remember, like, where, like I, I graduated six. the eighth grade <laughs> in 98. Yeah. So in 99, I was yeah. just entering high school, and I'm yeah. trying to think of what... 
came out in '99. That was that was a blockbuster. Yeah. Uh, so like action figures I saw in like toys. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> that actually might action make you adventure. The, uh, make you action adventure. Yeah. Uh, more facts. Yeah, yeah. more facts. Uh, so this is another piece of trivia. Clive Barker, Joe Dante, and George Romero were all actually attached to this project at different points in its development. This wasn't even like they were in talks. Like they were legitimately attached to make this movie at one point in its development. Oh my God, that's an action adventure. Yep. In '99. Yep. Uh, I've got a guess, but I, I don't want to put it down and eliminate myself. All right. Some more, more facts. So that's the fun of this game is the strategy yeah, is you're going to, you know. All right. So this is a quote. I, I'll admit this movie was hard to find quotes from. Mm. I don't know if there's anything terribly recognizable from it. So I just tried to pull things that would maybe help like contextually within all the other info. Uh, so this is a quote from the movie. I only gamble with my life, never my money. Oh, I know, oh. right? <laughs> Fuck. I know I've heard that quote. <laughs> yeah. I only gamble with my life, but never 99. my money. 99. Fuck me. It's definitely not what I thought it was. All right. More uh, facts? More facts. This is a character's name in the movie. Benny. Benny is one of the pr- pretty significant player in the movie. Nobody? Uh-uh. Nothing yet. Here's another character name. Uh, Rick O'Connell. Oh, fuck. Oh, <laughs> no, I got another one. No, 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 no. Oh, shit. It's uh. Well, don't say it out loud. I got it. You got it? Yep. Oh, you mother. Write it down and turn it in. It's going to be Copland. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. It's so not Copland. It hurts. <laughs> Done. Oh. Can you give me a nod? <laughs> you got it. Uh, yeah, but play, Wait, play you, on. I'm assuming you guys want more facts. See, see which one of you can beat the other one out. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'll tell you what. As soon as one of you knows it, say it. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, but if you're wrong, yeah. So you're the out. next, the next thing I'm giving you is uh, the director's name, Stephen Summers. Oh fuck. No. No. More. Yeah, keep it going. More? Okay, another quote. I actually rather liked this movie. No, it's, it's for what it it's is. It's all right. Uh. Okay, another, this is another quote from it. Know this. This creature is the bringer of death. He will never eat, he will never sleep, and he will never stop. Okay, think about action-adventure movie, but creature. Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Godzilla. No, but that, that was 98, I think, so that's, that's close. Yeah. Uh, here, I'll give you the, the last fact is the stars of the movie. Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weisz. Mummy? Yep. Boom. That's nice. The oh, That's the one. Shit. Nice. That's the one. Yep. Scully got it in there. Yeah. All right. I got God. one for you as well. Um, is yours, yours Cop Town? This way. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't seen this movie, you're an asshole. Is The Rock in it? <laughs> this is both my favorite movie by the star of this movie and my favorite movie by the director. But by the way, I kind of already thought I knew what it was when you were writing it down earlier. Now that you just said that, I definitely know what it okay, is. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna. I'll, I'll write it down right now. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna I think I probably gave you that that uh, factoid. If you can get this in no guesses, that's a new record. I'm gonna pre-guess. <laughs> Give me that. Give me that pen. I'm writing it down just so that I don't feel like I'm cheating. I, I thought this is what it is when you were. And you, it you thought I was silly for being like, it's "Hey, time what cop." You I get saw it before. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was time cop. First clue. It's not time cop, uh. but I wish it was. I, br- I promise it. I'm not Is playing after all this. the way? <laughs> <laughs> Garrett got it officially with no clues. Yeah. Right. I got movie, one clue. Movie it champion. started with a T. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, <laughs> this is uh, from 1994. It is an action movie. 
and it's a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. Do either of you care to venture a guess? Mm-mm. Nope. All right. Um, its budget was 100 to $120 million. Wow. And um, its take was $379 million. I can't believe it was that expensive. It's a great movie. Yeah. I mean, it's super expensive. There's a lot of practical work in that, too. Yeah, that's true. You want more? Yeah. I promise you this next clue is not going to help. Um, it is the first film to use the CGI 20th Century Fox logo. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help him. All right. Next fact. Uh, a sequel was in the works, but after the attacks of September 11th, the director scrapped the idea, citing, terrorism just isn't funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a hilarious quote if you think about but it. But it is a very uh, funny movie. He has, they're bumbling oh, no, terrorists. Know, but he's also know? implying that at one point, terrorists could just be a hilarious punchline oh, yeah. to things. They were for, I almost said the title, for yeah. this movie. Oh, shit. Um, okay, uh, fact number five is a quote. You guys want it? Yeah. yeah. All right. First, I'm going to use you as a human shield. Then I'm going to kill this guard over here with the Patterson Trocar on the table. And then I was thinking about breaking your neck. That was so hard to do yeah. in my voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I would have uh, got it off of that quote or not. I feel like I might have got it off that second fact, though. I kind of knew that about it. Yeah. Keep going? Yeah. yeah. All right. Character name, Spencer Trilby. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> and interesting, I'll just throw this out there. This is something I learned. I don't have it written down. But the way Spencer Trilby looked in this movie, he was designed after the uh, former uh, look of uh, uh, Nick Fury, like the white Nick Fury. He was made to look like him. Yes, I'm that totally to makes sense. Oh, man, I got um, fact number seven is another character, Harry Tasker. That would have been my Rick O'Connell yeah. right there. All right, fact number eight. The director is James Cameron. I, I, like, just saw this, like, a couple of months ago. I'm trying to think of the title. Fuck. I'm going to give you the next quote in the voice because the, the final the final fact is just the, the lead's name. So yeah. the next quote is a uh, it's a quote from the movie. Uh, You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> You're fired. Is it Terminator? It's not Terminator. No, it's no, not Terminator. No, it's not yeah, I know. That was way... In <sighs> fact, number 10, do you want it? Yeah. It stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, fucking... Uh, <laughs> yeah. God oh. damn it. Yeah. Tom Arnold? Yeah, I know. Bill Paxton? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. True Lies. True yeah. Lies. That's oh. it. That is hands down I my just, favorite James Cameron movie really? and my I favorite saw that uh, on Schwarzenegger. TV, like, a couple months... Like, not a couple... Like, a couple weeks before I moved. It's so good. Yeah, it's so fun. funny. Yeah. But I was reading about how the um the scene where he takes off in the Harrier jet yeah. was filmed on the largest sound stage ever used in a movie. Really? Yeah, the lar- like the largest sound stage with green screen and all that shit. That's funny. It's a it's an awesome movie. Yeah. Like and apparently movie. the scene where Jamie Lee Curtis is hanging out of the helicopter, mm-hmm. it's actually her and not a stunt double. Whoa. And James Cameron pitched the idea to her and she was like, "You mean you want me to hang out the helicopter?" And she was like, well, what are you going to do while I'm risking my life? He was like, well, I'm going to hang out the helicopter with a handheld camera. Yeah. <laughs> and so that was how he got her to do it. It was like, I, I'm there. I'm going to do it, too. Yeah. I'm James Cameron. I'm butt fucking crazy. <laughs> but I make pretty movies. He is crazy. He is crazy. He used his film career to also become a submariner. <laughs> He's just like, this, how did that happen? 
But um, oh, you know what? It's uh, time to pull up. Uh, see if we can find a negative review of Inception. Oh yes, I'm. I'm certain there are negative reviews of Inception. Would anyone like care to venture a guess at what Inception's uh, Rotten Tomatoes score is? I'm gonna say 89. 89. 91. 91. Uh, 93. Garrett wins. It's 86. 86. 86. 14% suck <laughs> yeah those people are assholes well the first review is a, is a, a splatter not a tomato and it's from david denby at the new yorker uh, the quote is an astonishment an engineering feat and finally a folly how do we feel about that i mean you didn't really well i mean that seems like a very new yorker right, well here's one uh opinion, oh yeah it's such a pretentious opinion yeah, yeah. This one, uh, ambitious, sure, but ultimately too far-fetched for its own good. So perhaps they were not moved by the yeah. heist format with all the exposition. Yeah. Um, a film trying feverishly to spin your head whilst feverishly trying to explain how it's spinning it. I don't know if that's an opinion so much as just a description. Yeah. Because I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say that seems that actually is pretty accurate. I just don't know if I dislike the movie because of it oh here's here's a ugh, ready what is the point of having an imagination i ask you if the only thing that can be imagined is mayhem perpetrated without regard for even the appearance of human life so he was just mad that people got shot in a summer blockbuster <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> uh, also in a summer blockbuster where he writes that same queer? review every year yeah, oh yeah, like yeah. that was his review for matrix in like two months just he copy did. paste cut, the santa the claus titles. 3 <laughs> had no regard for human life well that's my point is <laughs> it, he's saying that about a movie that explicitly says none of these people are real they're pieces of people's imagination mm-hmm. can't be killing the imagination man what's uh Aaron Herzog used to do a joke when Lost was on mm-hmm. where he said, you know, people are always like, oh, I hope it's not just like some dream that some guy's having in his head. He's like, well, I hate to break it to you, but that's what Lost is. It was some dream that this guy <laughs> had and he wrote it the fuck down. <laughs> now, I can't do it in Aaron Herzog fashion, but that was the uh, the form, the somewhat meat of the joke. So yeah, this is actually, I mean, of course, this is this is wildly liked. Everyone seems to find it imaginative. So yeah, it was uh, there you go. Negative reviews. So uh, are we closing out? Let's do what it. What we I do is we like to close out the show with some uh, recommendations oh, and plugs. Recommendations, yeah. Uh, what did I see? I saw X-Men Days of Future Past this week, and I really enjoyed it. I think it might be my favorite X-Men movie overall. Um, uh, it was a ton of fun. It was really good. I highly recommend it. I think it's the most comic book movie I've seen ever. Uh, yeah. Just in the sense that like, it just drops you in the middle of a conflict takes really no time to explain who anybody is and just mm. shows you how those characters solve that problem. Uh, sort of the way just like an issue of a comic book would be. Rather than spending a lot of time trying to like, you know, make sure you understand who everybody is and where they're coming from and you all don't that. Need they just to. Throw, yeah, they just drop you into a story and go. I loved it. I thought it was yeah. fucking oh, great. Better, better. I, I agree with you. That was yeah. my favorite X-Men movie. Yeah. Oh, hands down. Hands down the best. That, that was just awesome. I kind of I kind of lost with the X-Men for a little bit. I, I guess I mm. should get back on track. Oh, yeah. Well, this for me is the I past, was never really on board in the first place. Good. Like I always I liked them, the but I wasn't first, sold. Like two, and then they were like, we're going to the Origins, which I thought was going to be fucking stoked. I just didn't like I didn't like the way that it's like, all right, enough of Wolverine. Let's find out. Oh, yeah. Origins it's weird that, that they spun guy, off to yeah. Wolverine, considering all of the movies are told through the eyes yeah. of Wolverine. Yeah. It's kind of strange, but yeah. Do you see anything you want to recommend? I stole uh, The Amazing Spider-Man on the internet. And that was <laughs> I would recommend <laughs> not seeing that. that. <laughs> <laughs> I second that recommendation. Yeah. I liked it. I, I did. 
I, I saw liked it, it with uh, Garrett uh, the day he saw it. Like told me like, oh, it's gonna. Be, it was terrible. Like you really watch it like at your own risk. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna risk it. And I should. Well, I guess, I oh, guess I'm totally gonna you see guys three, and I hated two. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I didn't pay for mine, so I guess that's why yeah, that, that would make all the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We it paid was, for 3D like, glasses and everything. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> I, luckily, when I went to the U uh, Penn uh, Tuesday thing, where they mm. the tickets are only like half priced. Uh, like only yeah. five bucks. Yeah, I still didn't pay a dime. I watched that on my actually. The only reason I even saw Spider-Man two is because I was gonna see X-Men again, but it was sold out. That's how they get you. That's how they get those blockbuster numbers. Yeah. Lowest. Uh, actually, I, I took a mass media class in high school, and they talked about lowest common denominator programming and also least objectionable programming, where networks choose TV shows that they're not what you want to watch. They're what you want to turn off the least. Yeah. And there's a huge market to be drawn from, like, ah, my show's over. What's uh, This is good enough. And you just end up watching what's next. I'm pretty sure Spider that's why everyone did it. started watching, uh, oh, fuck, what was that show called that was on after Breaking Bad? I don't even remember. It was so bad. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Like Low Winter Sun, maybe? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I never watched it. I stole Breaking Bad because I didn't have cable, so I didn't have to fall victim to that. I was still living at my mom's when Breaking Bad was on. Uh, Get the cool, that hot parent TV. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Man, I just watched like old movies. Nothing new. Recommend one. Well, I just did the Sergio Leone Man With No Name trilogy. Yeah. Uh, Fistful of Dollars for a Few Dollars More and The Good, The Bad, The Ugly. And they're all incredible. And um, the first two are no longer on Netflix. Sorry. Uh, but The Good, The Bad, The Ugly is still there. Um, but that's why I watched them. I was like, oh, shit. I got to get these while they're free. I've never seen them. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend. I'm on a little bit of a Western kick now as a result. It's a... Uh, it's good stuff. They're pretty great. It's good stuff. Did I mention The Sacrament last time? No. Okay. Well, that that's a new movie I saw. Ty West, a filmmaker that I oh, have yeah. uh, a history with that I, I didn't uh, I didn't I enjoy didn't any of his movies. Time. I don't know. Maybe. Well, I, I was pretty yeah. drunk last time. Um, <laughs> this was a. Uh, it's just a. It's a cool movie. It's a very. It's like like bubbles over with tension. Mm-hmm. Not much happens in it, but it's told. Uh, it's a a crew from Vice. That's the conceit. It's it's yeah. Vice. Uh, go in with this guy to check out a cult. And then, of course, shit starts going crazy. So it's told in a found footage format, but as like a vice report. And um, I never liked this filmmaker's movies. I always thought they were lazy, hackneyed, and boring. And this was exciting and actually made me feel like I want to see more work from Ty West in the Speaking future. Speaking of found footage, fucking Willow Creek. Oh, Bobcat Goldthwait. That's coming soon. I yeah, see awesome. I'm updated trailer for it. Awesome. So. I'm fucking excited. I like. We should make a, uh, a a comedy comedy trip out yeah, to see dude, Willow I Creek. Totally I'd see that, that. shit. Yeah, uh, do it. nice. We'll do it. It's yeah. always a good time. Mm-hmm. The uh, big comedy movie night. Mm-hmm. I love it. Oh. All right, plugs. Plug them up. <laughs> Plug them oh, up. Uh, I think I'm on a show next weekend. <laughs> uh, well, I'll start. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Filmadelphia. That is with an F. Uh, I've got a blog that I've been doing for uh, like a month now called The Nexicon. Uh, go to thenexicon.tumblr.com to check that out. Uh, it's like a fun little uh, joke kind of thing. Uh, I th- what else do I have? Oh, July 17th. Uh, come see uh, come see the live movie movie game show. Uh, th- when is this going to go up? Eh, not in time for that. Uh, I'm going to be on Crazy Cow Comedy out in Maniunk on uh, the 14th of uh of, nice. of June. Nice. Yeah. Are you going to be on that one? Uh, I'm that headlining that one. Oh, you're headlining yeah. that one. Oh, I'm right on. That whole all weekend. Right, all right. Yeah. I think, I think uh, uh, Mike Logan Shit. might be joining us as hey, well. Hey, he's if featuring. I'm not mistaken. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's going to be a good time. And, uh, 
And then I got a grad party for my girlfriend's brother on the 22nd of June. Join me there, everybody. <laughs> yeah, I got a, I got that crazy cow next weekend. Uh, following weekend, I'm at the cabarets in Jersey and Saturday in Doylestown. And then I'm going to help my mom move oh. out of, her, out of the, her house and into a condo. Hey. The following weekend. Sh- you know. She getting an upgrade? Uh, downgrade, smaller, <laughs> smaller. Upgrade in the uh, the area. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess downgrade in the space. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She doesn't need so much space anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah she yeah. doesn't have as much stuff. Yeah. I guess. Oh, good for her. Yeah. I got to talk her into setting up the meth lab somewhere else now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need space for this. Yeah, I'm like, Mom, where are we going to go? Yeah. All right, well, uh, check check me out on Twitter, at Dan Scully. Check out regretfulmorning.com uh, for articles. They're usually movie-related. And um, check out www.supercrappyfuntime.com for my other show. And uh, come on out to the Wizard World Comic Convention uh, the weekend of June 20th. I will be uh, casting interviews with uh, N.A. Poe in the Panic Hour. And uh, so come out. It'll be a fun time. There's going to be crazy people in costumes doing uh, crazy shit. And uh, June 20th, if you're bored, uh, you should come out to Exhumed Films because I'm trying to get people to go see John Carpenter double feature with me. And there's only two of us so far. Got to fucking mark that on my calendar and make sure I actually go. Well, the thing is, that is also the same night as Hang On I just discovered today. So I think you're you're out. Yeah. So a couple great things you can do that night. Do either one of them, and it's a win by me. Hey, speaking of, June 20th at uh, yeah. the Adrian Theater, <laughs> come see Hang On with Aaron Nevins, a show that I help with. It's like my favorite monthly show in the city next to Movie Movie Live, which will be everybody's favorite show in the city soon. Uh, and also, if anybody cares, June 17th. Don't confuse that with July 17th. That's when we're doing Movie Movie Live. June 17th, I'm going to be on Philly's Funniest Comedy Competition. Oh, yeah. I got that, too. I should plug that. June 25th, I'm going to be on Philly's Funniest yeah. at 10 p.m., also, follow me on Twitter at Eddie J. Finn, two N's. Uh, and also, uh, look for pictures of me eating ice cream on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a thing. I'm you a fan. They're great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those hot summer months cool off with a couple photos of Eddie Finn eating ice cream. I'm, I'm trying um, to work on it. What's your big, favorite flavor? Ooh, that is not a rabbit hole you want to go down right now. Can we all hang out and get ice cream together? I like mint chocolate chip like when I'm feeling basic, but every once in a while, birthday cake. Oh, shit. I can't do birthday birthday cake cake ice cream, man. That's all about that. Mm. You make a lot of birthday cake things now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oreos, Mm -hmm. M&Ms. I want to get an ice cream cake that's made out of birthday cake Uh. ice cream. (laughs) Cake like an ice cream, like a Carvel ice cream cake, <laughs> but it's made out of ice, uh, out of uh, birthday, birthday cake, cake ice, ice cream. You know that Holy birthday shit. cakes are birthday cake flavor. What is this? Birthday cakes are a birthday cake. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah they're flavored like birthday cakes. Inside a dream. We want cakeception, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All forms of cake. And if you get deep down, it actually it time moves faster, so you can eat more cake. Yeah. <laughs> and it's le- it's amazing. Lots of cake. And well, the uh, the kick happens the when you puke. Of July, Philly's funniest for me, seven thirty. When did you, you say go. July 9th? July 9th. I think yeah, I'm like the last. You got buried. Yeah. I got panicked when Whatever. they were when they were putting those out there. I was like, oh, these are getting dangerously so close to movie time. movie live. Yeah. yeah. No, you. I actually, you probably that's probably actually a enviable spot for yeah. a lot of people. Some people got like half a week's notice. Mm-hmm. Very mm. cushioned with this <laughs> one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us this week. Uh, watch Inception because it's pretty sweet. I like uh, it. Oh, and follow our show on Twitter at I Like Two Movie. Oh, yeah. That's with probably the a good two. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash I Like Two Movie with the number two. Uh, and uh, subscribe on iTunes, leave us reviews, recommendations, and stuff we should watch and uh, do shows on. Sweet. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. All right, should we attempt to do our closer? 
Yep. I here guess we go. Uh, you'll just catch the drift and yeah, uh, figure this out. Uh, we'll go Garrett, me, and then I'll toss it to you. We'll toss it to you and we'll close. Yep. So just, just follow along as best yeah, you you'll, can. You'll figure this out. Uh, all right. So uh, my name is Garrett Smith and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully and I like to movie movie. My name is Brian Fennell and I like to movie movie. <laughs> my name is Eddie Finn and I like to movie movie. And we, we all know, know you, you like, like to movie movie. movie. And we, we like to movie. movie.